The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn. Hey everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota, and I love talking about women in agriculture. The women of Common Ground Minnesota are volunteers who are volu- you know, taking their time to chat with you about what it's like to live on a farm and grow food in Minnesota. Here's some really great news about this group. They have just launched a newsletter that you can basically sign up for at commongroundminnesota.com, and you get the latest you know, events, giveaways, delicious recipes, all sorts of great stories from the farm. And I got to tell you, it's just a really cool thing to get into your inbox every month. And it's it's kind of an, a way in. If you're wondering, like, I don't know what I'm going to ask when I go to Common Ground, Minnesota. Well, this is just an introduction and a way to get you guys to meet the farmers at Common Ground, Minnesota. The Common Ground Minnesota volunteers, remember, their goal is to be a resource for your food and farming questions. Don't forget, check them out on Instagram at Common Ground, M-I-N-N, CommonGroundMinnesota.com. Nom, nom, nom on with the My Talk Chicks, and we will eat on, eat on the weekly dish. Dish here on My Talk 1071. I'm Stephanie March, and I am here today, you guys, with Miss Molly Herman. Good morning. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. It's so good to see you. It's so good to see you. Hanson is, of course, van lifing all over the country. I don't even He's know. She's in my neck of the woods. She's in Florida. Oh, is she in Florida yeah. now already? I haven't kept up. I've been. According to the Instas. Right. That's all. The only way we know anything is through <laughs> the Instas. She's not like, she's not like doing the same thing she does when she's on the boat, is she? Where she like. Like puts the car, like the phone out the window and is just like, look, as she's going. And then I, we just get water and you're like, this I, isn't fun. Maybe I flip through a little too fast, so I'm not sure. I, love <laughs> I just it. know where she's at. I know that she's been having, I have seen a couple good drinks and that like made me a little jealous looking yeah. at like having a vacation drink and the cuteness of her little uh, niece, I think, or nephew, the little baby. Yes. So cute. That was adorable. Very sweet. Anyway, so she will not be back next week, actually. We have Elizabeth Reese on next week, and then she'll be back the week after that. And then we have a new surprise for you when you guys, when we come back, we're excited about. Ooh. So I'm going to tease it out like that. Okay. Teasy, teasy. Um, happy first day of spring. Unbelievable. And we've I know. got the weather to match the day of spring. I feel like that awesome. we have deserved this today. I feel like it's ready for us, and yeah. we're ready for it. And yesterday was gorgeous, too. Yeah, yeah. I know my first day of spring, the way that I heralded in and the way that it sort of happened was I went to the Minnetonka drive-in um, and that is like the drive-in is open and my we suburb friends and I were all like, you know, high-fiving basically. Sure. It was packed. It was packed, but it was great. And it was like that, that thing of like, we pull up and we were doing the drive through, but you still have to wait because I'm getting, I'm getting the chicken, the fried chicken that they right. do there. I was about to ask what you get. Yeah. And so I'm sitting and we got a chili dog too, by the way. And so... <laughs> On the side. Fried chicken and chili dogs. I mean, that's just a normal <laughs> spring wrong? dinner and rip beer. But like we're sitting there and it was like, so we have to wait in the drive through. You know, there are certain lanes that whatever. And it's just like watching like everybody's in their cars, but they're open and they're sitting in their back tailgates, you know, and they're kind of like milling about, but not too close still. But they're just like they're at their picnic tables in the grass. There was this little girl in boots and a pink skirt and a little jean jacket. Girl, she did not stop running. She was like, <laughs> I was watching her and she's like, she hasn't stopped. I'm like, I know. She's all she is is moving. 
She's been in the same four walls boom, for boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, that girl, that mom is sitting and the mom had like a little black lab on the tether uh-huh. and was just like I was like, she's so excited. That kid is gonna sleep hard. Right? Hard. Yeah. Yes. Yesterday we uh heralded spring with um having just a few friends on the patio. Socially distanced, of course. Lovely. But we could sit out there without like coats on. And I know. The sun was glorious. And yeah. It was nice. It was really good. I know. The sun is sort of the gift, is what this is. And I'm I'm happy for that. Yeah. And I don't even need it to be like I can, you know, cuddle up into my windbreaker. I'm fine with that. That's great. Well, and we know we're still going to get one more snow. Yeah. We I know. mean, that's the thing, right? You got to get ready for the wop. Although there is now. the pressure in my mind to get out and do yard work right now. Why? I don't know because it's just there because I'm Minnesotan and I feel you can like see it now. I'm practical, right? And so I feel like I should be doing this. I should be doing things. Um, I do want to, uh, yeah. I, and there's lots of people going. I, you know, are like trying to figure out a spring break if they're going to drive somewhere if they're going to, you know, like van life at like Shanson yeah. or whatever. Um, so you know, and I think that just is like the, it's kind of a nice opening. Of well, and I think uh, for Minneapolis public schools at least. The kids, the high school kids, are getting two weeks of spring break. Are they really? Because they're supposed to go back to school April 12th. And so then the teachers need another week to prepare. Oh. So we, AJ got an unexpected week. You get a, like a bonus. Yeah. So we are going up north to, um, oh, Cuyuna? Yeah, the Cuyuna yeah, area. The, the are you going boys biking? Are gonna, the boys are going to bike. I'm going to hike. We got a little Airbnb up there. So we're just going for a couple of days. I think this is a really smart way of doing things. Yeah. And I think that that's sort of like, I don't know, kind of nice and different and fun and, you know, just a little break. And hopefully the weather holds. <laughs> we'll get the snowstorm right as we go I know. there. I know. It's what will happen. Um, what did you eat this week? Oh, this week I did. Um, I put this on the Insta too. You know, you just sometimes get in a rut with what you're like, even just ordering out. Oh, yeah. Right now. And for some reason, like we used to be like... Big Gorka Palace folks. Like, we would go there all the time. Rashmi, the owner, you know, we used to share a kitchen. Um, I remember her mom coming in and making momos. My God. Yeah. She was lightning fast. Oh, right. Um, and for some reason, we just, you know, stopped. And we sort of restarted. And it was just so good. We're like, why did we even, where did we ever stop? Yeah. What what was it that just sort of But it, you just, like, rotate. I think that's yeah. also, you know, like, sometimes I think we... Yeah, you fall out of one thing and you get into another and then you sort of, you have to remember to go back. Yeah, so go to Gorka Palace, you Gorka guys. Palace. It is... Um, Northeast. It was delicious. It's in Northeast. It's by Cerdix, right? Uh, yes, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, at like 4th and 1st. Okay. And they're doing takeout only. They're doing so, takeout only right yeah. now. Okay. But those momos, right? And they sell them at uh, the... the Farmer's Market. Farmer's Mill Market. City. The Mill City's Farmer's Market. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's really great. And pakora. Oh. Which is gluten-free, so I can eat it. So what is pakora? So it's like a shredded vegetable fritter, basically. So okay. it's, it's fried. Yeah, it's fried. delicious. It's definitely fried. Um, hey, by the way, let's talk about your news quickly. Oh, okay. So we, we are so excited to say, Mar- of course, Molly has been, you know, our, our spokesperson for Kitchen in the Market forever. Yeah. And then, you know, the site where we've had our book swaps and all the things and that, uh, you know, that went away to almost feels like a hundred years ago now. I think, yeah, 2019 was our last cookbook swap. Yeah. There. Right. And fortuitously now, you know, I closed kitchen at the end of 2019. Yeah. I was supposed to just go on a little sabbatical before I started the next. You know what? The world put you on sabbatical. <laughs> they decided that you were going to have a sabbatical along with everybody else. Right. Yeah. So, but the good news is, is that you have a new calling. You have a new job. I do. I do. Tell us a little bit about it. I uh, am going to be the community outreach and events manager for the upcoming Malcolm Yards Market. Yay. Malcolm Yards, which is, of course, just a 
stone's throw from the yeah. station. It's basically across from Surly. Yeah, and uh, they're hoping for a mid-May opening. So we're going to be getting started on all the programming and all that kind of stuff. And if you guys have any uh, ideas of what you would like to see there at the food hall, reach out to me on Facebook, Messenger, or Instagram. Um, I'm Molly McDonald Herman on Facebook and Molly L. Herman on Instagram. And uh, I'd love to hear the what the neighborhood wants. So what we're, what we're looking at is it's a food hall with like 10 different kiosks or like counter like spaces. Nine, yep. It's not unlike the Midtown Global Market where you were before. No, just more curated, smaller yeah. footprint, smaller uh, offerings. And there's no retail. It's there's all, no retail. It's all food and beverage. And there's bars. There's bars. And I know that these folks worked really hard on legislation to, to get you... Uh, a place where you can walk around with said bar offering. Right. You don't right? have to like sit in a little tiny area. Yeah. Meaning you can have your drink, you can go outside, you can go and grab another meatball, you can go get a salad. Yes. And, you so can- the, and there's going to be two patios on the north and south side of the building. There's also going to be two event spaces. So, you know, one that's going to be a little bit smaller, one a little larger, um, so it can accommodate a lot of different types of activities. And that's what you're events. wondering, like what kind of events to have? What kind of... Uh- yeah. And I, I mean, meetings... Weddings, we already have a wedding entry, you know. They, wow. I, I think it, you can do anything in that space. It's a, it's a really unique, vibrant space. Um, I can't wait for it to, to be open for everybody to take so a as far as as far as restrictions go right now, so it's trying to open by mid-May. Mm-hmm. And then are we still on the 250 as far as restrictions go? Is 250 people or is it is that increase? I think it increases at the end of the month. I'm going to have to look that up because I for I it, well, it changes so much. <laughs> yeah, I know they have small venues and they have big venues. Yes. And I know like April 1st, we're talking. That's why the twins can do what they're going to do, yeah. because they have changed the rules for the big venues. And I think it depends on outdoor seating and indoor seating and all of that. So well, those are things we're working through right now. OK, I mean, and it's all fluid and it's all changing. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, as hopefully case counts can keep going down and, you know, all the percentages and all the things. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we have a great show today, you guys. We're going to talk a little bit about some more restaurant news and and stuff happening around town. Um, we have a really fun bartender. Uh, I thought that was fun. We're going to talk about that. The bartender and the, what your drink says about you. Yeah. Okay. And then we are going to talk some Easter takeout meals at the end so that we make sure that you guys are all set and ready or at least prepped. I do want to give a shout out to the Marshall Johnson family who is taking Giant Baby on a little spring break trip. And oh, nice. They are on their way right now. So maybe if they're tuning in, I just want to say thank you for taking him off my hands. <laughs> all right, you guys. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071, brought to you by Hornitos. I hate it when people talk about working with the real estate agent you can trust. Of course you should work with someone you can trust. The issue is, how do you find those people? And you find them by talking to friends and coworkers and hearing about their experiences. I decided to work with Carrie and Sue from Lakes Area Realty because I knew Carrie Augst is a super hard worker and a straight shooter. I knew Sue Durfee as a super agent with tons of experience in the market, and I liked that they had a large network of people to call on when we needed to get our house staged and cleaned and painted. They had people that could help us get all of these things accomplished, and we were all on the same page about what needed to get done to maximize what I could make on my home sale. I used Carrie and Sue Stager, and she took videos of every room in my house with helpful suggestions of ways to prepare my home for a sale. Many buyers and sellers are getting multiple offers, and Carrie and Sue have experience in getting the deal done without necessarily just being the highest offer. Call Carrie Augst and Sue Durfee and ask for the Weekly Dish Hot Dish special offer only for Weekly Dish listeners. Connect with them at CarrieAndSue.com at Lakes Area Realty. Hey everybody, 
Welcome back to the Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us this Saturday in the first day of spring. I'm here with Molly Herman today. Morning, morning. As a, as a, as a co-host fill-in, and we're so excited. So there's a lot of stuff going on. There, this week was like, I don't know, it felt like, well, first of all, we, you know, acknowledge that we, we crossed the one-year anniversary. Yes. And we crossed the one-year anniversary of the shutdowns of the bars and restaurants in the Twin Cities. And that was, um, that was weird. It was really, it was really, there's triggering moments, I think, across the board, you know, Mm -hmm. from all of us. And I think in hospitality and everything else, you know, and in all sectors that had anything to do with, you know, I mean, we, we always talk about the restaurants, but it's like, you know, the suppliers and then, you know, everybody, everybody. who works in tangent to restaurants, mm-hmm. they all felt that this week. So, well, and I think, I mean, this spring to me feels different because it's like a reawakening in another sense. Like we have hope, you know, with the vaccine, <clears throat> excuse me, the vaccine and all that kind of stuff that we're seeing openings that are happening and we're everything just feels more hopeful. It does. It does. And I think, and I was trying to say, I was talking about, it's like, we are so as Minnesotans locally, super tied to the weather. You know what I mean? Like, and so <laughs> you start your, our every, moods every podcast are up because it. it's nice and sunny out. If, that is so true. I mean, if this was one of those marches where we were not going to see ice off the lakes until, mm-hmm. you know, like late April, then this would be a different mood. This would be a totally different thing. You're right. I think. So I know that we are basically agrarian in nature and that is what we do. So speaking of which, you have a message from uh, Janine Holig. Oh, yeah. It says, don't touch that yard. It's too early. She'll disturb the critters living inside. Hold oh, tight. I, I trust me. <laughs> I'm not doing Thanks, yard Janine. work. <laughs> she was just thinking about it. I know. I'm really gonna just going to sit out there and burn things and look at it. That's what I'm really talking about. That, yard that, work. That is endorsed. The yeah. working in the yard. Yeah, not. that's basically it. Um, but right. So we're hopeful and we're thinking about things. And there's a whole bunch of new things that are popping. And I want to talk about a couple of the news items that dropped this week because they're mm-hmm. pretty big. Yeah. They're pretty big. I'm going to start. Let's start with Tattersall because that seems to have changed everybody's like everyone was like record screech moment, you know? Well, and when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, my gosh, they're just pulling up and moving to Wisconsin. But they're not. They're no. keeping the cocktail room here. So here. Here's the, the news. The news that dropped is that Tattersall is opening a new facility in River Falls, Wisconsin. If you didn't hear, um, and it is going to be a production facility, a, hu- a much bigger production facility, right. and it is going to be uh, a you know a restaurant, a bar, event space. I mean, they're gonna have it's like gonna be a wedding venue and all this stuff. So I think um, the big thing was, of course, there you're like, wait, River Falls, Wisconsin, and then you're you know that was this sort of pain point for everybody. But the truth is, and, and, you know, John Creeler and Dan Askey plainly state, you know, this is, we can't, we have been limited by the production laws of uh, the Minnesota Minnesota. beverage laws. And so they have reached their capacity in order to be able to also have a cocktail room. So in a weird way, but to able to give us back the cocktail room in Northeast, they had to go and move their production somewhere else. Think about how weird that is. It is. And I hope the legislators are listening. I really do. This is... it it really is a, a blow for companies that aren't able to grow here, no right. matter what the, the industry is. Right. I mean, well, and this is the thing where I think I feel really, I feel really bad for wine and liquor and beer and all of our local industries that are, you know, have had to go through this sort of evolution of identity. You know, like, of course, we still we still have this weird prohibition thing where we assign a morality to these mm-hmm. products. And really what we're talking about is they're agricultural products. I mean, the stuff that they make is made from 
Minnesota agricultural product. You right. know, they take Minnesota grain. They take, you know, all these, you know, botanicals and whatever and grapes and, you know, all of the things and they make something from it. And then now, you know, they they market it and there's a great there's a boom. There's interest in it. And it's not about vice and it's not about, you know, these old laws that create, you know, sort of hampers to industry. Well, and I think, I mean, do you remember how long it took and how arduous it was to get the Sunday open, right? Right. And then... We take that for granted now. I am a huge (laughs) Sunday booze. In fact, that is the only day I shop for booze now. Well, and and I think, you know, everybody thought that it was going to change so much. Yeah. And it didn't. It was just like one more day open. One more day open. So, you know, with the pandemic, we've seen them loosening up on the laws for like allowing wine and beer takeout from restaurants, which which has been a lifeline for them, right? Right, right. And... You know, I'm not sure where they are in the cocktails to go at this point. But do you do you think that that we're we're loosening up enough like this, this sort of crucible of like, okay, if this industry is going to survive, we've got to do these things. Well, I think I think that there is finally the time where there is a coalition. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, and we've had the Minnesota Craft Beverage Council on and or we tried to. And we had some snafus that day, but we have talked about them and we are, we support them when we can, because this is finally a coalition of restaurants and cideries and bars and Mm -hmm. wineries and breweries and distillers and all of the people who make craft, you know, beverages saying, look, we just need to modernize. We are so behind the rest of the country Mm -hmm. and it's time to really look at this as an industry instead of it as, well, this may hurt so-and-so and and this may hurt so-and-so. Let's think forward in bigger ways than just trying to like, you know, draw these lines and contain. Right. So, well, and the the good news about Tattersall is River Falls is, is just a hop, skip and a jump from here, right? It is a hop, skip and it's it's a kind of sweet, yeah, it's a sweet little area. And quite honestly, you know, as they entered their 30th state, like this is, Tattersall is a national product. Yeah. And that is something to be proud of. I feel like, you know, we should be excited into, and so if they're in Wisconsin, I'm okay to share with Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Um, the other news that came across was that O'Shaughnessy Distillery is finally, you know, going to open. And that, of course, is right across the I'm very excited You're going to be very They'll be neighbors. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and the big thing with them is, of course, that they are, uh, it's going to be a world-class distillery. And I keep saying that. And someone asked me, if I'm like, what do you mean when you say that? <laughs> I'm like, I, all I can tell you is we have not seen anything like it here. It is not a micro distillery. This is starting out of the gate as a national brand. And they're doing whiskey. And they're doing whiskey in the Irish style. So they're doing, because it's American whiskey. You can't call it Irish whiskey because right. it's made in America. But they're using um, the triple pot the triple copper pot still distillation, which means it's distilled three times through these giant copper pots. And the thing about copper pots is that they all have a different flavor. You know, they, they all influence differently. Sure. So it's really, it's really going to be interesting to see what they do. And of course, the big news is that they scored two very big names. I was going to say they're bringing in the big guns. They're bringing in the bringing in the big guns. They have Brian Nation from Jameson Distiller, you know, who was the head distiller mm-hmm. of Jameson for God's sakes. I know when when that news dropped and I my my jaw kind of hit. I'm like, why isn't everybody talking about this? Like, I know this means a lot to me, but it should mean a lot to everybody that the the head distiller from Jameson moved to Minnesota. That's a thing. That is a thing. And then of course we have Pip Hansen. Who is who we've been waiting for him to come back somewhere. We certainly have been. And yeah. he of course launched Marvel Bar and The yeah. Bachelor Farmer and then moved to London and started working at the London's hottest bar and, you know, became sort of nationally renowned. Mm-hmm. And he's uh he's gonna he came out of retirement to redesign their cocktail list. So 
I don't know. It's going to be exciting. They also will have like, you know, event space sure. and multiple bars. And I think it's just that whole neighborhood is just going to really yeah, pop. Prospect Park is hopping right now. It's kind of the it neighborhood. And you just, you know, you're going to be there. You're going to be in the center. And of you're going to visit a lot. I am. I'm totally, <laughs> I'm in the area. What do you know about that? You know, I happen to be in the area. So that's good. We'll figure out a karaoke situation somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already scheming. We haven't karaoke in a hundred years. I know. And of course now I'm thinking, oh, well, can we, should, should we share a mic? How do we do that? How do we do that? How do we do that? Yeah. You know what? I feel, I feel like we are the ones to figure out the tech we, for we, that. We're going to do it. We can figure out that tech. Hey, there's another a little piece of news. Before we talk about Sanju San, which I will talk about yes. because I'm excited about it, I do want to share that Angel Food Bakery is leaving downtown. I don't know if you heard that. <clears throat> I did, and I want to talk about this because all, <laughs> all of these folks are moving into this little nondescript strip mall. Texatonka. Texatonka in St. Louis Park, and you know, Have uh, you seen our, the- our friend Kelly and I like walk in the park is right across the street from there. Yeah. And that's one of our lunch spots. Oh, it is. And so knowing that that's where everybody's going, you know, with Axeman and like all that. I'm like, it is just such an interesting collision of worlds. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And but it's up and coming. Yeah. It, and uh, so Angel Food Bakery is Katie Garrity's uh, over Hell's Kitchen. They're leaving downtown to go to Texas Tonka so she can also open up Frio Frio, which is her popsicle, popsicle bar. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be, I mean, it's it'll be sad for downtown to lose the them, but at the same time, it'll be nice for her to have a space to spread out a little bit too and to have some neighborhood traffic because, you know, and it is tough right down in downtown right now. I was right going to say, there's, it's kind of dead right it now. It is, and so it's a little bit hard. I mean, the donut scene downtown is not exactly crack-a-lacking so they are um you know moving to a, a neighborhood like that will be a really i think a good move for her and they're still shipping you can still pick up stuff you can still get them i mean from downtown if you were picking up downtown it's only a few minutes you know yeah no it's a straight shot it just is, is so funny to think of that little strip mall is where a lot of these folks are are headed right now i know hey we're gonna take a quick break you, you guys will come back and we'll continue with the restaurant chatter we'll be right back this is the weekly dish on my talk 1071. Hello, Weekly Disher. Spring is sprung, and that means the best-tasting wild-caught seafood is available from Sitka Salmon. You may have heard us talk about Sitka Salmon before on the show, and that's because we are huge fans. Sitka Salmon standards for quality are unrivaled in the industry because, you see, Sitka Salmon is a community-supported fishery. The fish they process for you to eat are caught by a collective of small boat fishermen, fisherwomen, and families. Some of these families have been fishing for multiple generations. And knowing the boat your fish comes from is not typical of most fish you buy. When you buy a Sitka salmon share, you're getting the freshest quality fish you can, and you can trace the fish back to its source. With your share, you're part of the Sitka family, and you get monthly fish shipments of salmon, lingcod, crab, tuna, halibut, and you get the freshest fish while it's in season. They even have recipes, but I've been steaming my cod in my Instant Pot. The fish is so delicious, you don't even need to do much to serve it other than cook it and eat it. So Weekly Dishers, here is how you get your $25 discount for the first month of a premium Sitka Salmon Share. Type SitkaSalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. So save $25 on your box. Again, type Sitka, S-I-T-K-A, SalmonShares.com backslash Weekly Dish and you save $25. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm here with Molly Herman, and we are just loving this first day of spring. I'm happy, feeling happiness all around. I am happy about. I'm in a good mood. I will tell you, 
<sighs> Dishers, if you could throw some, you know, good luck vibes to me today. Ooh, I am waiting. Juju. Yeah, throw me all the good vibes. I'm waiting on a house offer. I did put an offer on a house <sighs> yesterday, and now I'm waiting. <laughs> and so it's just really hard because I know that I'm trying not to be, I'm trying to be that girl who's like, yeah, I mean, either way, it'll be great. If I, I'll be fine. I'm just uh, terrified. So I I'm definitely think I'm going <laughs> to be This real living. estate market is unreal right now. I, I mean, I should do, we should do a whole show about it because I can't. Tell you, Doesn't my talk have a real estate show? There's probably, <laughs> you just need to go on and talk. They don't, they don't want me on because I'm like all emotion. I'm all like, was my letter good enough? Did I, like, I was like, I should have promised them other things. I should have promised to get them into Demi or something. You know what I mean? Like and, that's, brought, and brought some cookies. Oh, I totally, I'm like, I should promise pie, something, anything. And I just didn't, I don't know. You know, I just put it out there and we'll see. And, you know, my real estate agent's great. And we'll just, it's, you know, luck of the Irish, but, and I'm not Irish, but. <laughs> so good luck with that. Breathe. Breathe. All right. It's all going to be good. It's all going to be good. There, it's, it's, I'm not going to be homeless. You will not. <laughs> I think. I do in my mom's basement if I have to live there. Needs must. <laughs> Can you imagine? She would be so... Actually, we've talked about it, and she's like, we've kind of agreed that there's like a two-month window on that. Like, if I need to, yeah, of course. Temporary. Of course I could. But she's like, you know, my internet's not as good as what you need. That's cute. That's like a cue for <laughs> you can't stay for more right. than two Translate. Months. And I respect that because I'm the same Oma. way. Oma might not like us to be there all the time either. No, we want to hang out, but we don't want to hang out all the time. Yeah, that's how I feel that she feels, and that's okay. Um, all right, so here's we're going to continue with our restaurant chatter because there was so much happening this week. Um, I want to talk about uh, a little place that popped up that was sort of like this weird secrety thing, and it was fast. I, you know what though, it's been the rumor mill has been churning so. Uh, Karonomisa, which is, you know, one of our favorite Japanese places in town. Uh, Shige Furukawa is our, is the chef there. He, uh, and Danny Del Prado from Colita and Martina have teamed up to reinvent the ground floor of Karonomisa. And what it is, is they have, they have launched a new restaurant in that space called Sanjusan. And it is an Italian Japanese mashup. Does that sound weird? Does that freak you There's out? There's people that think it sounds really weird. I think it sounds kind of cool. Are people thinking like, should I be putting cheese on my sushi? <laughs> right? No, it's not that. <laughs> Please there's, don't do that. There's restraint. There Danny is. knows what he's doing. There is. And this is where we get into this space where, you know, Danny Del Prado is an Argentinian chef, and but he's got a lot of Italian influences. And he, uh, but he's also, you know, if you think about Colita, that was this Mexican, mm-hmm. you know, sort of foray. And I think he's just really sort of, I think he's a very interesting, creative human. And with food, he's really found a canvas that isn't like abstract. It's really familiar. And mm-hmm. that he, so like, he doesn't just like put, pile weird things and say, this is, you know, and then expect you to love it. Well, and what I appreciate about um, his restaurants, and Martina is more broad, right, in what they offer, but like Kalita and now um, this new restaurant is he does a deep dive. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's very focused. Yes. Which which is nice because there's so many restaurants that just have a little bit of everything. Yeah. And sometimes you you want that that more curated experience right. of oh, no, this is what we're right. here for. Well, and I think for those of us if you're not like a Japanophile, maybe you don't know, but like Japan is big on Italian. Yeah. I mean, like there are I think I put in my thing there are 20,000 restaurants in Tokyo alone. Italian restaurants in Tokyo alone. The Tokyo pizza situation is sort of nuts right now. Like, 
you know, here's what happens, and I've we, I've talked about this before, but Japan takes a thing that they see is good out there, they bring it home, and they perfect, perfect it. it. Yeah. Like, they are the perfectionists. They do everything better than any of us. I, I mean, like, that's it. Full stop. So, for their... Do they use the same type of dough, or are they fermenting the dough a little more? Well, or? I can't speak to what they're doing here and what they're... But, you know, the, the Japanese... Japan, like, the general. Tokyo pizza makers are doing all sorts of different, mm-hmm. you know, techniques, but they're... They're figuring out, yeah, like cold fermentation in different ways and, you know, different toppings. I know it's hard to think of like, what is pizza? What is that? How can that be that much different? Right. And that's a weird thing. But trust me, they did it with beer. They did it with whiskey. They've done it with everything, basically. So let's talk about Danny Del Prado real quick. Like, this is his fifth restaurant now. Yeah. And he's he's got taken over. Yeah. He's got Josefina coming too. Yeah. Well, that'll be five. right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, Martina, Colita. Rosalia, Josefina, there's a yeah, theme here. He does have a theme. <laughs> he does. Uh, and Sanju, say it again. Sanjusan. 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 So, like, he's just kind of taking over the Twin Cities right now. He also has a stake in Cafe Series, which is Sean McKenzie's bakery that took over the Two Pennies coffee spots. Okay. So he's, and in fact, if you read the Minneapolis-St. Paul magazine article that we just put out about him, um, it's just that he is, and you know, he he kind of, with Facundo from Baludo, yep. you know, that's a part of his sort of entourage of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, they all kind of came here together, and they were all kind of like, let's, let's hit a mission. Let's do stuff. And he's a creative, kind of a rock star guy, and he basically wants to um, he just wants to keep creating and he's finding more fun now, not just in like creating a dish, but creating the entire experience. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm excited to see. He's opening up Josefina, um, which is taking over the Belcourt space in Wyzetta. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be, you know, a, a little bit more Roman Italian, I think. And so that's going to have its own vibe. But to have that sort of playfulness with the whole space is what I'm really interested to see. I'm hoping to get a look at that this week. So I'll let you guys know about that next week. Very, very but exciting. But Sanju-san, what I think is interesting, it's like we haven't lost Shige in the mix in this. And that's mm-hmm. the, the important part is Danny's doing a deep dive, but it's not without, you know, Shige is a Japanese food master. And he, the way that he cooks is that it's really formal. I mean, and and to be clear, Karanomisa has just moved upstairs, has taken over the the upstairs where it always was doing kaiseki, but now they're offering like more of an omakase up there, doing a little bit more formal dining, and then the whiskey bar is still going on up there too, the Gori Gori Peku. Lots of names to remember. Right, (laughs) in one small space. I know, yeah. Um, But... But so Shige, you know, is definitely someone who is who thinks on these flavors and can kind of help, you know, kind of bring them all together. So, you know, the idea of like I kind of am going back to this eggplant katsu because like Mm -hmm. we think about eggplant Parmesan, you know, in Italian cooking and you kind of like either love it or hate it. And then this eggplant katsu, which is just these beautiful planks of fried eggplant. And they were with little Thai basil pieces and they were on this um, sort of. Uh, spiced slaw in a weird way. And so you kind of got like a little bit of a, there was no cheese. There was no giant melty cheese thing, but there was that crispness and there was that brightness. Yeah, Yeah. it was much more. I I would pick that over a parm anytime. Um, And then, you know, it's like the idea of, like I was saying to you, they're both noodle centric, Japanese and Italian. They Mm -hmm. both, you know, have noodles in their thing. They both utilize a lot of fresh seafood, you Mm -hmm. know, especially some of the coastal Italian stuff. And, um, you know, they uh, they have the umami factor. If you think of Parmesan, you know, in Italian cooking, that is a lot of MSG naturally occurring in it. And that's the umami factor that is at play. That's not a lot of difference from what they utilize in Japanese cooking. 
See, look at you bringing it all together. I know. Tying it up in a little I'm just, bow. I'm, you guys, I was very excited by it. And it was not, and at the same time, it's it's a challenge, I think, to some people. But I also think it, it's going to come off as really familiar. Like the, the pizza that we had with miso pesto and pine nuts. And it was just a beautiful pizza. It wasn't like, wow, this is so funky and weird. And the, Yeah, the was. miso wouldn't take it to no. like sushi land. It no. takes it to a umami land. Yeah. Right? Like, it takes what you're expecting and just gives it like a little bit of a left, you know. Takes it to 11? Is that what you're saying? It takes it to 11, if you will. If you will, if you won't, even then. <laughs> Are they continuing, um, like, is, is Gori Gori Peku doing all the drinks, or is Marco, because Marco Zapia, no, no No, longer. no, Gori Gori Peku's upstairs, okay. so that's just its own, that's a Japanese whiskey bar. Yep. So if you're looking for your Yamazaki, you're looking for your Nika, you know, or the Hibiki 30, that's going to be upstairs. This is a whole new vibe downstairs, and it is actually Megan Lutke who designed okay. the menu, and so... Uh, it's, she's, uh, she's, uh, she's one to watch. Let me just tell you this much. She is a talent and I, the drinks that we had were both balanced and just sort of floral in, in the, the right way. Highball looked the highball amazing. was nuts. And guys, I'm just telling you highball is exactly what you want. If you're me in the springtime, because it is a whiskey drink, but it's also so light because they, it's with a lot of, you know, sparkly water and we love that. So yeah, so it's exciting. We just spent that whole segment talking about that one restaurant. I didn't mean to. I was going to talk about some other things. But don't worry. We <laughs> have <exciting>. time. <laughs> we still have more show to go. All right, you guys. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. So feel free to give us a call at 651-641-1071 or send us a little note. And we'll, take your, uh, we'll take your questions. We'll take your comments. Um, we might talk about some things about getting ready to grill, too. So we'll be right back. This is uh, Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. It's the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. You want to give us a call? 651-641-1071 is the the, uh, number to call. Or send us a note. Uh, We'll see if we can get to it. We have Annie on the line right away. What's going on today, Annie? Oh, hi. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. How are you? Hi, I'm super duper. Great. What can we do Um, for you? Real quick question. So I'm new to stainless steel and... um, What's your best oil to fry an egg with? Oh. I usually am a butter person with my egg. Oh, what again, Annie? Sorry, we're using canola oil? Mm, Yeah. I mean, that's going to give you the high heat that you want, but... I, I personally feel like avocado oil is a better oil to do that in, and it's very neutral for eggs, um... And I don't, I don't know if there's a reason you're not using butter or even ghee if you're worried about the dairy component and the burning of the butter. Um, I, guess, but, I guess my uh, concern was, like, the stainless, because we're newbies, so we're trying to, like, Google how, like, how to fry an egg, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> just kind of, because we are so green. Um, but, yeah, you know, that's a good point. Well, and I think, yeah, ghee would give you the high heat factor that you want. But the, the key for frying an egg, no matter what your mm-hmm. pan situation is, is heat the pan up first? Yes. Before you put the fat in, okay, and then put the fat in, and then the egg. Yeah. Right. And so, if the pan is hot enough, it shouldn't stick. Yeah. If it's sticking, the pan's not hot enough. Yeah. A okay. lot of people like I think start low, or they crack yeah. it in and wait to heat it up, and it's like no, no, get a sear, get a good sear on it. You know, mm-hmm. I guess you don't sear eggs. Not, that's sear, not sear, but that's yeah. not right either. You just you, you want it to dance on the surface, not yeah. adhere to the surface. <laughs> and it needs to be it needs to be hot enough to do that. And you know, conversely, scrambled eggs you want low and slow. So right. you know, I understand how people can. Well, it's eggs. I'm supposed to do it low and slow, not when you're frying it. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Okay. Good luck, Annie. 
Thank you. I love that. I love that. Like, it's still how to fry an egg. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I love that. That's still a thing that we all we do. And I you when your pan is new or it's so you're like, what should I be doing? Well, and I just want to make one comment. Like heating up the pan doesn't mean that you have to put it on high. Right. Like, I would okay. still fry an egg over medium because you don't want to char it. You don't want to, like, do that. But just make sure the pan is hot and right. up to temperature before you add that fat. Right, 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 right. Hey, we uh, we do have a message. Remember, 651-641-1071 if you want to give us a call. Um, we have a message from Barbara wondering about Zeppelis. Do you guys know which uh, we're looking for? She's looking for the Zeppeli donuts, which are those. Uh, it's a de- it's like a dough ball of varying size. Um, it's like a fritter, you know, the Zeppelis. And, and they're usually this sort of like Italian donut holes, I guess. Um, she's wondering if do you know anything of where you might find those? I don't. I mean, my first thought is Cassettas, but I don't even know if they would have mm. it. OK, it's basically like a beignet. You know what I mean? Yeah. From France. But the Zeppelis are the Italian thing. You know what's the funny thing is I would say there is a place in Golden Valley called Valley Pastries. Mm. Um, I'm going to make sure if I'm getting that right. Uh, I think it's, yeah, it's a donut shop, Valley Pastries. And they have <laughs> these have beautifully big donut holes. They call them donut holes. But basically Maybe it's a Zeppeli. Zeppeli yeah. yeah. So I would say People Valley Pastries. People don't know Pastries. what that is, so yeah. they call it something different. Right. That makes uh, sense. It's a cute little, it's a strip mall bakery in, off of uh, 169 by Nan's Thai Cuisine. I like that place. Um, yeah, so I would say that. So I'm going to send her the link to that, Valley Pastries. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I would say Cassettas would be the place that I would check if that's not the Yeah, vibe. just because they have that sort of curated Italian. But I don't know about their donuts. I don't either. I, I, don't, I don't feel don't, like they have a donut. They have so much pastry. pastry yeah. But they have great... They did just add a new uh, Frank's Levy yes, Tavern there. Sort of upstairs, right? Yeah, I guess it kind of turned it into a pub space. If nothing else, you could call Cassettas and they might know where you can find them. True, true. Yeah, that's a good idea, too. Um, I would do that. I would definitely call, yeah, Italian restaurants and kind of ask their gigs. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, again, 651-641-1071 if you guys are... Uh, are are ready to chat. Um, okay, so let's talk about getting ready to grill because quite honestly, I am not ready to grill. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm there. I did grill some chicken the other week and I've sort of famously burned the first chicken of the year always. It's a sacrifice. It is. It's mostly because I'm having a cocktail out there on the patio. <laughs> and also I'm like, sacrifice oh yeah, I'm, to the spring guys. I'm supposed to watch this. Okay. That's a thing. Um, but we are going to talk about that in a second, but we do have Christine on the line and I want to make sure we get to her. Christine, what's going on today? Hi, girls. It's Christine, the psychic friend. Yay, it's Christine! <laughs> we knew you were going to call. Hi, no, babe. we didn't. <laughs> I've been I thinking about you. You'll be hearing from me. Pardon? I said, I've been thinking about you. You'll be hearing from me. Oh, well, good. She knew that. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I'm going to be making monkfish, and I've never cooked monkfish before. What do you suggest? Ooh. Well, I, I mean, a broil on any kind of fish, seafood, is, is an easy way to do it the first time until okay. you get more familiar with working with it. Can I suggest um, a cartoccio, which is, uh, and if you look that up, I think you find that it's basically the parchment paper mm-hmm. where, yeah. like, you cook it in the parchment paper, like, you wrap a little, with you make a little package, and, yeah. but you, like, throw, it's almost like, you know, you make those grill packs, but yeah, yeah I'm yeah. puppy out in the other way of saying it's French. Yeah. I think it's cartoccio in Italian, but just, like, mm-hmm. lemon and herbs, and you kind of let it steam in its own stuff. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. what I'm thinking, and then maybe, should I throw an asparagus in there or not? 
Um, I would say not the first. Not the I guess first maybe time. no, not the first time. Okay. I would okay. let that go on the side. I mean, you could do it on the same well, you sheet do, pan. You could do packets of asparagus with butter and lemon on its own. Yeah. Maybe I, some dill or something do. like that. Yeah, some veggies, maybe some zucchini. Some. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd yeah. be delicious. That sounds real good. And be careful with, I wouldn't put the zucchini with the fish because zucchini um, Too no, it gives off so much water yeah. that you don't yeah. want your, your fish swimming. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> this, not intended. <laughs> adventure for me. I haven't done this before. So. Okay, well, send us pictures. Seriously. I will. I will. Nice to talk to you guys. Okay, Take thanks, care. Christine. Talk to you later. All right, we have Kathy on the line as well. Kathy, what's going on today? You know, I'm a I cook a lot and the one recipe I can never feel like as good as you get in a restaurant is carnitas. And mm. I just made some a couple of weeks ago. I I did the cumin and um just salt and pepper dry rub and I did some orange juice and I even did some concentrated orange juice in the just to see if I could get it going and onions and it just never tastes like what you get even at Chipotle so I'm wondering what I'm missing hmm I would think the the first thing um that most home cooks do differently versus restaurant cooks is you you're not using enough spice and salt right like yeah. I mean, they it's just amped up and you know another level uh, in the restaurant, so I would try maybe even going more and more harder spice and more salt, um, and use kosher salt. Don't use table salt, which you probably already know since you cook a lot. But um, that would be my first, my first guess. And like, how long are you cooking it for? Are you doing it well, in a crock pot or are you doing it as a braise? I have, you know, I'm usually not a crock pot person, but I did use a like a all clad. It's like a big crock pot. Um, and um, I left it in there, and it, it was, you know, it turned out really moist and everything like that, but um, I just never think it has that flavor that you get Can I, from going through Yeah, you need the braise on that. So I will tell you that as much as we love our crockpots for ease, they are not meant to be, like, flavor. Like, that. they don't care. The crockpots don't care about our flavor needs. <laughs> They only care about making life easy for us, and I think that's wonderful about them. Very rude. But if you, yeah, if you, if you really think about like an oven braise, like that has a different kind of a heat pattern. It's not going to be as, it's just, it's, it really is so different compared to that wet, steamy heat of a crock pot. Well, and I think when you braise, you do have to, you know, sear. sear. And I would do a hard sear on your, yeah. your pork or whatever meat you're, you're going to be doing. Um, and the oven braise allows that sear flavor to stay yep. and develop. Yeah. Whereas if you're putting it in a crock pot, it just sort of gets wet. It gets wet and, and that flavor sort of leaches out. So you don't think there's anything I'm missing as far as um, any type of spice that I'm not putting in there? Or? It didn't sound like it. No, and I mean, if you have, if you've been looking at, you know, different carnitas recipes online, you know, it's kind of just like, I think you maybe you have to hit on the one that you're... That you're really feeling. It sounds like you have a good enough acid. I would maybe throw in some lime, too, you know, for me, like, to brighten sure. up. Orange juice can get a little sweet. You know, the orange, it's yeah. still acidic, but I might want to cut it a little bit more with a little bit harder of an acid. Well, and I think, you know, when okay. I do carnitas, I do fresh oranges, and I just, like, squeeze it and leave the the whole half orange with the peel and everything in there, and that does develop oh, okay. some more flavors. Yeah, the peel is really good, too. Um, and I, I don't know what your recipes that you're looking at call for, but... In addition to cumin and coriander, like I always put some oregano in there. Yeah, me too. Big on so oregano. I would bump oh, I up all oregano. of your spices. Yeah, just bump them up. Go crazy. Okay. 
All right, I will do that. I love it. Thank Thanks, you. Kathy. Report back. Always report back. We always want to know if everything we say yeah. is going to the wind or not. <laughs> we never know. All right, you guys, we have completed the first hour of the Weekly Dish. Well done, everyone. We'll be right back.